make a thousand images of dinosaurs right now because I feel like it. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Want to do a podcast? Yes. Sweet. Welcome to Hacking the Grepson. Uh, you might remember on our last episode where we started talking about uh, GitHub Copilot, which is a form of AI, otherwise known as artificial intelligence. Now, what is artificial intelligence, Matt? Because I think we're going to make this whole episode about that. That's a, that's a darn good question. Uh, darn tootin'. It's a difficult question to ask to answer, actually, because... Well, you have 30 seconds. All right. Uh, artificial intelligence is intelligence that is not created naturally. Ha. Huh. Now, wait, created <laughs> naturally? Like, I mean, obviously the opposite of artificial intelligence would be natural intelligence. Yeah. But what is is natural? Does that just mean human or uh, animal intelligence? I believe that when people say artificial intelligence, they mean is machine intelligence versus organic intelligence, right? Okay. So, so my intelligence evolved naturally or came about some, from some divine unknowable being. Right sparking my brain matter or whatever. All I don't we know, know is you have it now. Uh, we think. Uh, right. I think when most people think about artificial intelligence, they think about what you would see in movies with, like, androids mm-hmm. or, or robots, right? Things that behave in a manner that we would recognize as intelligence. Like, mm-hmm. they seem to have life. They seem to act on their own of their own volition. They have uh, self-awareness. Yeah, I think that's some big. self-awareness, some will. Mm-hmm. Like they want they they have means uh, or not means. They have they have goals that they would like to achieve and they're self-driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're nowhere near that today. Mm-hmm. I don't think. So so data is not a reality anytime soon like from Star Trek. Right. I mean as much as we have data scientists now, they're just not out there making androids. Right. They're out there just I mean, collecting. they do uh, phones, but... Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's very we do have Androids. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But data scientists are out there collecting, like, actual data. Right. And feeding it into computers mm-hmm. to learn more about it. And sometimes they use artificial intelligence to look at that data mm-hmm. and come up with conclusions. Mm-hmm. And that's where... That's sort of like the modern state uh, of AI today is feed a system lots of data mm-hmm. and then give it new data, new data, so that it... And see what it says. Right. <laughs> and I mean, really, what you're describing is like what a human does. Like, a human starts out with ostensibly not much knowledge or learning, and then we feed it a bunch of data, i.e. it is alive yeah. and taking in sensory and oral and all that kind of stuff, and eventually it, like, synthesizes that into a model of how to behave in yeah. the world. And a lot of AI is actually based on the way our brains work, the right. neural networks. Yes. Right. I remember that back in college. Use almost identical mechanisms as our own neurons, right? It, they they fire on each other, the way they're connected, the way that they get feedback to that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that changes their weights, so it mm-hmm. changes how they communicate. What's important, what's not important. Right. Yeah. Um, and... and they, you know, neural networks use the concept of emergence, of like, we're we're gonna see what happens. Basically, where you don't explicitly tell the computer recognize this face. Mm-hmm. You say, here's what this face looks like. Does this face look like any faces you know? Right. And then they go yes mm-hmm. or no or 
with some confidence. You right. Know, the eigenvalues are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, is is that just like the start of what will eventually become something like data or, you know, the Terminator if it goes bad? Like, if we just feed it enough data, I mean, is is there a, you know, like... Is there some critical mass? Is there some critical mass? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, isn't that all we are? Basically, it's just like yeah. an unfathomably large data set? Yeah. In theory, if you could make a neural network large enough and fast enough, there is no reason that it couldn't attain the same level of sentience or sapience even mm-hmm. that that humans have. So so robots will take over the world eventually is what you're saying. Will they? I they might I I think maybe take over is the wrong phrase. I think it would be surprising if we don't create machines that are capable of thinking at the level that we do. In the same way probably not. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very difficult. Yeah. Uh but thinking at the same level or more that we do, where they seem to be, you know, can they pass the Turing test? Right. You put them in a box, communicate with them, and you couldn't tell if it's a machine or not? We're pretty much there now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is Siri basically there? No, because if I ask Siri certain things, it will just choke and you can tell. Right. Um, but it just needs more data then. But right? it's it's close. Right. You know, the natural language processing is a... F- is a piece of AI. And I think that goes, you know, going back to, we were talking about machine learning mm-hmm. um, and, you know, shoving a bunch of data in. I think that's an aspect of what it would take to get to that sort of like human level consciousness type mm-hmm. AI. Uh, for for shorthand, I say we just say sapience uh, because that thinking basically, right? Yeah. Uh, I think my dog has sentience can think to some extent but i don't i don't think it has sapience mm-hmm. in that i don't think it plans for the future or anything mm-hmm. just um, living every day and that that day. line is not a clear line that's a very blurry line that a right. lot of you know a lot of people will argue over it uh so i don't know that we need, need to get into that but like if we say sapience which is okay it's clearly past that line and it's this is a thinking feeling being? Ooh, that I seems like know. a different line. Yeah. I don't know if feeling needs to come in there or yeah, not. Well, and I mean, like, in order for, like, a system to, you know, I don't know, have jealousy or, or, or envy or something, we would have to build that into it, and why would we do that? Like, yeah. that wouldn't be an emergent property, would it? Could it? it I don't know. It could be. If Like, jealousy could just come out of enough data? It did for humans. Right. But like, yeah, so it's like we're at one point and then we, as humans, assume that humans are like the ultimate goal. Like, you know, if, if we pushed data and machine learning and artificial intelligence far enough to where it is essentially a human in terms of like all of its abilities, like that's, I don't know, the goal, but like how could we be better than that, you know, unless yeah. we're thinking superhuman. I mean, I think that's what we want. I mean, that that would be my goal. I, I have always wanted to work on artificial intelligence. And in particular, I've always wanted to get to the point of, of, of society building a robot that was smarter. Not even a robot. A computer. A machine that was smarter than a human. Because mm-hmm. the idea there, you know, this is the whole singularity thing. Is you right. get to that point, then that thing can now create even smarter AI, which can then create even smarter AI, which can right. create even smart, and to the point where it's unrecognizable to us. Yeah. 
personally, I think you can't get something like emotions or super smart AI. Like, I don't think we're going to get to that point until we make it so that those computers can modify their own coding to some mm -hmm. extent. Um, but I don't, but that, that's a personal bias. I've always thought that that was sort of the, the dividing line, but I think any expert type system will need to have aspects of all of the things that we have today to mm -hmm. do different aspects of what we do. Our, our computer is our brain, right? It has to do all the things, but it itself is sort of divided up in different areas. You know, there. There's some contention, I believe, over whether or not the two halves of your brain actually function as different things or not. Mm -hmm. And there's some evidence that it does, and there's some that not exactly. But certainly, like, the amygdala versus the hippocampus and all that, like, your brain, different parts of your brain are responsible for different things. If those get damaged, often other pieces will pick that up, and maybe you process uh, sights as, as smells or something now. Mm -hmm. But you have something. So the Google AI that... Uh, so there, for those who don't know, <laughs> there is a Google engineer, it was Google, right? Not mm -hmm. Microsoft? Yeah. It was Google who believes that one of their artificial intelligence systems is, has reached this point. Yeah. Um, he asked it and it said, yes. What more proof do you need? But what's interesting to me about that AI is it is not an AI that you interact with directly. It has several subsystem AIs mm -hmm. that you that people interact with. So it might have one. I don't know the specifics, but just to make it to make some stuff up that's basically this. It might have a facial recognition system or a chatbot type system. In mm -hmm. fact, I think it actually what it is I think what it actually is is it's a bunch of different chatbots effectively that are expert systems for different problem spaces. And then he was asking those systems. Mm -hmm. And it's like those aren't but the main thing that's controlling those and creating those and all that, like, it's saying it is. Right. Maybe something like that? I mean, you could write the simplest program ever that basically takes an input and spits out yes. Yes. Which would be essentially the same result. But obviously you would not call yeah. that... Uh, I mean, you could call that a very, very, very simplistic form of artificial intelligence. But, like... When people hear AI or think of it, they don't think of something that simple. Like you said, they think of like, exactly. this is basically a human. I can talk to it. They can, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, when we get calls, like robocalls, a lot of times those are, in fact, AI systems pretending to be a person. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, if you go onto a website and it's got a little chat bot and says, can I help you? That starts off with an AI. And when it crosses over to being a real person, is not always clear. <laughs> But really, the thing is, is that those are generally built with a very specific purpose, exactly. which is like, this company has products and services, and so that AI is going to be able to speak to that. But if you just say like, hey, what's your favorite, you know, uh, you know, Shakespeare play, you know, they're not going to have an answer because that, you know, one, their data set is small, and two, that's not what they're built to do. Yeah. Plus the AI doesn't have favorites, or does it? I don't know. I mean, if you program it to have favorites, right? Yeah. Or if it modifies it, its own capability to decide it has favorites. I mean, I that know. would require like you to give it a bunch of data, and then it for it to have a system of preference where it like values or weights certain things above other things, and then that eventually becomes its favorite. No, no, this yeah. is my favorite data because it you know has a nice round number at the end or something. I do think some sort of introspection is necessary to really have sapience. Right. Like, 
being able to think about thinking, I think, is almost a necessity. Yeah. But also, most of these systems haven't been around very long. Like, if you have something that's as smart as, say, a seven-year-old child, and it's been around for seven years, and you let that thing keep growing... Right. What's it going to look like in 20 more years? I don't know. Right. Will it be AI? Fully? Maybe. So so basically, we're, you would say that we're still even now, like, in, say, the nascent stage of AI, and in terms of, like, how much more we have to see, there's just so much that it's hard to really, like, make a conclusion about it now? I think so. I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of places where we encounter artificial intelligence every day in Such our lives. Such as where, Matt? So, just to name a few... Uh, that we haven't already named because we yeah. named like chatbots. That's a huge yeah. one where we probably deal with any sort of phone tree type system. Yeah, anything that's doing natural language processing right. is using a form of artificial intelligence. So you mentioned Siri, all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. They are doing what falls under the umbrella of artificial intelligence. And then there's gaming, which is, I think, where you get the most sort of, the, the most variance in types of AI that you get. Because you got pathfinding algorithms. Those bor- those venture into a type of AI. Mm-hmm. Um, any sort of image recognition type thing is a type of AI usually. But a lot of times this is what the technology behind it is. Because you can write pathfinding that's super dumb and is not... and. And maybe it's just that it's got a low arti- it's a low artificial intelligence versus right. high artificial intelligence. I don't yeah. know. Well, because, I mean, it could just be the difference between, like, let's say your user, your, your player has a very limited number of inputs because it's like an old school overhead 2D game. So you can move left, right, forward, and, or up and down, you yep. know. So that's really all the enemies have to react to. So you that's just really a big if-else, you yeah. know. But... When you get into modern day games that are like 3D and open world, like there's there's no no one who's is going to write you know a tree of if else's. Instead, you have to build uh, you know a, a smarter, more intelligent system that takes in way more inputs and does way more reasoning about what should the next frame of my action be based yeah. on those things. You know, and so you have to kind of look at so so what those what those creatures need is effectively a history. They need a memory. So they know where was I already. So they're not making complete because you could do artificial. You could do enemy movements mm-hmm. as just completely random, right? right? But then you might end up with something that's just twitching back and forth, right? Or you can go back to like the way early video games worked. If you look at Mario, they had paths that they followed. Like this Goomba is gonna walk to the left, right? That's, that's it. it. That was it. That was <laughs> if a, you run into it. Oh well. The green shelled Koopa is gonna keep walking until it hits something. Right. The red one is if it find if it finds an edge, it's gonna turn around. Right. Whoa. Pong was just looking at like the Y coordinate of the ball and trying to get there. Mm-hmm. That was it. Right. Those are very very simple. But if I look at something like if if I was trying to code the what are those called? The Buck Hoblins in uh, in Breath of the in Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like, all right, they've got they've got a whole little like community in their skull right. cave that they're hanging right. out in, and they're gonna go chase me, and now they're afraid of me because somebody blew up, and right, or you made a noise, and they go check it out, yeah. and then they give up eventually. Right. But they're not moving randomly. They right. had to go. Okay, I was here. Right. Something made me think to go over here. 
I need to continue. And so they, they, the AI in that system is really a determinist, a determination based on input sound as right. an example that triggers some state. And then there's AI like pathfinding to get to that, and then more recognition. And so just they're all they all build on itself. Right. It just, so that's it, that's where the interesting problems are to me in AI mm-hmm. space, as opposed to a lot of the machine learning things, which are just feed it a lot of data, and, and then see what it can produce. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, the Dall E yes. uh, system, uh, which is I assume based on the uh, artist uh, Salvador Dali. Uh, but basically, yeah, you can go and use the system and say, like, give me a Renaissance area picture of three men standing in an alleyway wearing period garb. Yeah. And it will, in a couple minutes, spit out essentially a unique image that more or less resembles what you said. Like, that's pretty recent. And that's kind of exploding. Right now, yeah. In popularity, literally right now. Um, um, we, we both have a friend who actually is uh, subscribed to multiple yeah. systems and is, you know, you know putting it through, through its paces. And, and even was able to download a version of it onto his own system to where he can just generate them on his own and not need, like, some cloud server. So that's happening right now. And that's kind of, like, yeah. a, an interesting thing in AI. Although, honestly, you'd probably say... ML or machine learning yes, over I, AI. I would, which is, a, which is an area of AI. Right, it's a subset. I think that things like Dolly and all those similar, I think Crayon is one, there's all sorts of ones. Mid-Journey. Yeah. Whatever they are, yeah. yeah. I think those are most similar to our subconscious or dreams or like hmm. if, uh, if you did like a word association type thing. I think it's closest in behavior to that from mm-hmm. the way our own minds think hmm. I because I don't I don't think if you ask me to make a renaissance <laughs> painting of three men wearing period garb standing in an alley or whatever it was that you said no that was exactly what I said I Good would memory. need to go online and see what renaissance era paintings look like uh-huh. so I'm gathering data just like it does because right? Right. I don't know that off right. the top of my head uh, I know what men look like generally <laughs> I have a rough idea of Renaissance era garb, but and you've I would been probably, in an alleyway. I've been in an alleyway. I could probably confirm some of those things. But then when I went to actually draw it, yeah. my technique for building that is going to look very different than the machines because it's basically almost generating randomness and then finding the ones that are closest to right. And I'm I'm vastly oversimplifying and like only talking about like one particular type of ML, but like right. it basically is like, here's a random thing. Which one's closest to what I want? Okay. Now how about this? Okay. Now how about that? And just keeps basically doing iterations on it. This is more of a genetic algorithm type approach, but that's it's still what, an AI. That's what I build, but it's not certainly not the way I would design, right. not the way I would write it if I was doing that. Right. And it's not coming up with its own things that it wants to paint. Right. It's, it doesn't it's, have the desire. It doesn't have desire. Right. It's also not just running randomly all the time. It's got people feeding it prompts. Right. That, to me, is the big distinction between AI, like you'd see with the Terminator, mm-hmm. and what we have today is, outside of games mm-hmm. and some robots, these things generally are responding to... They, they basically don't do anything unless you explicitly tell it, do this thing for me. That's a very good point, yes. Right. But if you have more autonomous beings where they can just wander around some sort of environment, interacting with that environment, 
that gets a lot closer to how we function. Because effectively, we're doing the same thing. We're doing nothing unless there's input. <laughs> right. It just happens that the input is, I am hungry, or right. the light are, is too bright, or right. whatever. Well, but, you know, this also gets at, like, why do I decide to walk from point A to point B, and how I walk, and how fast, and what I do with my arms, yeah. maybe autonomous, maybe not, like, and what thoughts go through my head while I'm doing that, like, all those kinds of things, like, Dolly is not, is not dealing with, you right. know, it is literally, like, a machine that has a thing it does, but like you said, it needs someone to tell it what to do, and it doesn't just, like, decide at, you know, 2.12 p.m. on an afternoon, like, I'm going to make a thousand images of dinosaurs right now because I feel like it. Yeah. You know, but... Like, I like dinosaurs. They're my favorite thing to make. Right. You don't see that. If you look at artists, they generally have a particular style that they do. Like, you're a musician, so your style when you write music Mm -hmm. is a particular style. And you might change that, but that's a conscious decision on your part to, like, I would like to try this or i want to hear how that sounds this way and you could do that by plugging it into something like there's no reason a a dolly type thing couldn't make music yeah and believe me there's plenty of algorithmically generated music sites that you can just go to a web page and say like i want something this fast in this style for this long and it will spit it out and of course most of the time that i see articles like that and you read the comments people are you know as time goes on they're like oh this sounds better and better but still like would anybody actually only listen to right. that? Or, you know, would that ever be someone's favorite artist? I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's where you have to, you have, to have some some coding somewhere that right. is driving desi- some sort of desire, right? Right. It's either to get to something or get away from something. And that could be, and, and I, I use that term very uh, loosely. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, uh, my desire is to not get hurt. Right. My desire is to not starve. Find pleasure. Right. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. it's like pleasure and pain are really like if you have that base level of emotions, like this good, this bad, everything else could be could then come out from that. Like right. it's, but it, effectively it needs a task. Right. Right. Any AI today needs some sort of task, or it's not going to have anything to do. It'll be really interesting when those things when we get to the point of those AIs having opinions, I guess? Some sort of autonomy where they... Here's all the range of things I could do. I'm going to go do that because this gets me pleasure. And pleasure might be that defined by money, right? Like right. It could, it could it make money or yeah. something. Yeah. Your goal, bot, is to make money. You go figure out how to do that. And it can go like, well, people pay me more money when I paint pretty pictures. So I want to paint pretty pictures because I like the money I get back. Right. Like is a little... It's Man, this a, is a lot to think about. Yeah. I mean, they, this get, the, the philosophy behind this gets really Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because, like, I feel like the, the, the technical question of can it be done is decided probably. by time, yeah. basically. Enough time goes by, yeah, probably. But then you're like, well, why? Why would we create a robot that... Or, or uh, you know, uh, an AI that has desires or can, you know, get preferences. Because then they're like, well, you know, I decided as, you know, RoboBot 5000 that uh, I don't think humans are really worth having around anymore. And then we, you know, then you have the Skynet end yeah. where the, the machines take over. 
but also they could just also be like, no, I like coexisting with humans. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're neat. You know? <laughs> I, I just finished a book uh, by Becky Chambers. If you've read uh, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, it's that, yeah. that uh, great book. Read that. Okay. But this book, book is in a different... She wrote it as a different thing. It's the Monk and Robot series. And effectively in there, robots existed as like slave labor. Hmm. And at some point they rebelled or whatever. And they kind of went away from humanity mm-hmm. because of like they had been made as slave labor so people could just do whatever and then it, it's sort of like what happens when they when one of them comes back into society basically at, at a really high level that's right. what that series is about um okay. and it's, it's, it's very interesting i prefer the wayfarers the long way to a small angry planet but the robot stuff's interesting in particular the philosophy of it because they're talking about like we don't want to, you know, the humans don't want to make the robots do anything now because they feel bad effectively <laughs> right. about like keeping them as, as lesser beings, right. you know? And, it's like empathy is now an issue. Yeah. And so, but the robots also like, they were designed to want to be helpful. So right. maybe they want to be helpful. And then that line is so squishy. Yeah. Well, it, it, what's the, uh, I think it's Asimov that has like the three rules yeah. of AI. Mm-hmm. What are those again? Uh, let's see. A robot cannot or by inaction cause, cannot cause or by inaction cause harm to a human, mm-hmm. to itself. And I can never remember what the third one is. I think it's like, it, it has, like it, it can sacrifice its own life for humanity, for humans uh, but not the other way around is like mm-hmm. the main thing, and then I don't remember what the third one is. Yeah, but effectively, it's do no harm. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I think that would be important. Yeah, well, I mean, it, that's kind of like the 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 security safe check. You know, you yeah. no matter you know you always but no no humans are still up here, right. and you make sure that we stay up there, right. kind of a thing. But all I would want is do no harm. At, but that you know, if if the robot thought do no harm meant kill all humans because they're doing all the harm right is it me do no harm or should no harm be done right that's that's the distinction there you go we solved ai bam um (laughs) now that we've solved ai uh i think that wraps up um this episode of hacking the grepson one thing i wanted to add that you you talked about how i was a musician and i make music my own way i now have this crazy thought of like coming up with a small little ai that will like spit out music that sounds like me that's totally unique sure. which which means i need to figure out like what makes my music me yeah, so which, that what's I, your voice yeah so that i can tell us a, a system to dolly me you know well and i think how hard would that be i don't know i think that's the interesting part of ai yeah but honestly is humanity i don't think anybody wants to work that's the whole point of work right some people that people want to be useful people want to do stuff because they don't right. want to be bored but i don't think anybody wants to work that's why they have to pay us to do it right. right that that's why that exists i think people would do i would still be probably writing computer programs yeah if well because no i was doing it before to. i was being paid for it exactly so, yeah but would i do the exact thing i'm doing now i don't know yeah maybe for a while but maybe something else yeah but if we could have software that wrote say the software that i write right. that would then allow me to go retire great why wouldn't i do that right right and that but then that is going to cause socioeconomic changes on a massive level and there's a whole ethical argument just about that and that will be on the next episode of hacking the grepson no actually i don't know probably not probably not um tune in next time yes no that's that's a great uh mind uh puzzle to to think about for 
from here on out. So what do you think? Do you, do you think, listener, that artificial intelligence should take over our jobs? Yeah. Do you want to just go sit on the beach and have robot you do your job? Leave us a five-star review with a comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, speaking of which, yeah, you can find us at hackingthegrepson.com. Uh, we do not have a Twitter account yet. I should really, like, get that so I don't just have to keep telling people about the show on my own. Um, but yeah, go online, give us reviews, uh, do that thing you do. And we, <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode. We now return you to your regular scheduled lives already in progress. 